Hello and welcome back to Crime Note, episode 15 today. How are we doing guys? Did we all have a wonderful bank holiday weekend slash Easter if you celebrate Easter? If you don't, it was just a bank holiday weekend. (laughs) Is it just me or is Easter turning into like another Christmas? (laughs) Like when I was a kid, I got an egg and that was great. I mean, my family were also Buddhist, so I don't know why I even got an egg. Like, or why we even remotely celebrated it with a roast but I think my mum just wanted me to feel included because all my friends did it <laughs> but honestly I'm seeing like crazy things on Facebook about what parents are doing for their kids like if you want to do that then great I'm very jealous of your child and I would very much like to be adopted by you please but um, I'm just a bit confused but <laughs> I thought it was just about getting an egg, not a whole box of presents of clothes and toys. I won't lie to you guys, I've had a rough one. Um, I got vaccinated on Saturday, which is amazing and the best thing ever. Like, I'm so unbelievably happy about it. But boy, did I feel rough. You can probably still hear it in my voice. Um, I'm not 100% even now and I'm recording this on Tuesday Um, it hit me like a train I won't I'm not gonna sugarcoat this because everyone needs to get the vaccine and I want you to be prepared um it continued to hit me for like three days after um I was expecting it to react badly to it because I can't even look at a cold without catching a flu like my immune system is awful and I saw how Monty reacted to it so I was kind of expecting to feel quite bad with it like hoping to just like sleep it off throughout the weekend and I didn't I made no plans like made sure we weren't expecting any garden visitors or anything like that but oh my god it made me feel so shit (laughs) and it's the first time I've experienced any like flu-like symptoms in over a year so it really yeah it really really shocked me how much I was affected by it because they said oh it will hit you within two hours and then like the two hour mark came and went and I was like oh okay I feel fine maybe maybe I'll be fine because a couple of my friends had no reaction to the vaccine whatsoever and I was like oh great maybe I'm just really lucky but then within four hours I was shivering uncontrollably and yeah it's Tuesday and I still can't lift my arm above my head so when you get yours (laughs) and they ask you which arm you want it in make sure you say your non-dominant arm because I was stupid and I said my right arm and now I can't do anything and that's my dominant hand and like the bruising in my arm gosh you can hear my voice the bruising in my arm has got worse like it's day four and it feels worse today than it did on day two so be warned for that but I mean it proves that lockdown works because like the last year in lockdown is the healthiest I've ever been and it shocked me how shit the flu and cold really really makes you feel like it genuinely knocks it right out of you doesn't it so so yeah proof that it all works at least (laughs) but it came at the right time of the bank holiday because it meant that Monty was at home and he had to look after me and answer my every beck and call so bless him but I think he was looking forward to go back to work on Tuesday (laughs) I think he was ready (laughs) have you guys been watching The Circle 
because I honestly feel like it's such a brilliant TV show and nobody watches it so I've literally got no one to talk to about it so you guys are just gonna have to listen to it. This current season has by far been the one with the most twists and turns um, but it sure does have some fucking annoying people in it like really bitchy people uh, that I'm just not a fan of so watch it and you'll know exactly who I'm on about. If you guys get a second to go on to Channel 4, 4OD, go watch 24 Hours in Police Custody, the latest episode that I think was out Monday night this week about, I think it was called A Body, A No Murder Body, where this guy had been missing for four years, believed to have been murdered, and he was um, from Lithuania, and it turns out he was, yeah, I'm giving it away here, but essentially he'd been blackmailed and trafficked and he was he'd become a slave and was living in a tent in the woods for four years because he was scared for his life and he'd become a slave essentially once over here and it was really fucking heartbreaking and it's crazy to think that the the amount of slavery and modern slavery that's going on nowadays it's it's more than you think and I think I actually read somewhere that there are more slaves now in the in the whole world there are more slaves now than there was during you know the slave trade uh which i think there's debate in that but it's 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 not slaves as we you know learn about in school it's like modern slavery so that could be anything as like sex trafficking work trafficking like anything so it's crazy go watch it i would recommend it today's case was actually requested by amy so shout out to you amy i hadn't actually heard about this case prior to researching it which is surprising because it's a pretty recent case a very recent case actually so I promise I do have some older cases lined up um it's just easier to do new cases because the information is more readily available and there's more like forensic evidence to do with it but I do I do have some lined up that you know are going to be older that you might not know about or you do know about but there's not as much there's more information on it now than there was before things like that so yeah bear with me guys i do not intend any harm to the victims or families involved in these cases these episodes are compiled with evidence that i find online that is readily available to the public this episode contains content which some listeners may find disturbing with talks of violence murder and rape and now you have been officially warned we can begin today we only have to go back to 2015 in the uk So very recent and very local. Kayleigh Hayward was born in Leicestershire in August 2000. There isn't a lot of background info on Kayleigh in terms of precisely what town she lived in, her childhood, etc. So I've done my absolute best to kind of piece things together. But from what I could find, Misham kept coming up. So I will assume that she's from there. And in the area of Meesham in Leicestershire that Kayleigh lived in, it was described as a very safe place. Everyone supported each other like neighbours and was, by all accounts, a very safe place to raise children. Kayleigh was one of seven children and lived in a very busy household, which, by all accounts, was a very happy place to be. She was particularly close with a younger sister and her mum, Stephanie. Kayleigh was described as a happy teenager that was always positive. And like most teenagers in 2015, Kayleigh was always on social media, especially Facebook. It was stated that Kayleigh was 
always online, constantly updating Facebook statuses, which is pretty normal at 15. I mean, I was glued to it. Granted, I didn't have a smartphone then, so I think it was just once I got home on the computer, but once I was on it, that was it for the rest of the night. I was on it. So I can't imagine what it would have been like at 15 for it to be so readily available, like literally in your pocket. To be fair, I say that like I'm really old. I'm not. Like, I think I was 17 when I first got a smartphone. So I wasn't far off at all, but I was out of school by that point. On the 31st of October 2015, Kaylee received a friend request from 27-year-old Luke Harlow. Like most 15-year-olds, Kaylee accepted this request without thinking too much into it. And I mean, we all did that, didn't we? In fact, I can guarantee that most of you still all do. I don't think that this is weird. I mean, I don't think that we should accept strangers' requests online. Like, I do my best now to not. (laughs) But, you know, ultimately we were never taught of the dangers of social media. And I know that they're starting to teach it in schools now, but honestly, kids nowadays, they know their way around, like, kid-friendly apps and parental controls and things like that. Like, they're too savvy for their own good. Like, there are kids' versions of everything like TikTok and YouTube, but none of them use it. They just, they don't. Like, it's so easy for them to just download. There's no verification on any of these apps. And I think that's really, really important that, you know, places like Instagram and Facebook, oh, you have to be like 13 or 15 to use these apps, but what what verification is there? There isn't. So it's like drawing a line in the sand and being like, don't cross that. But nothing's stopping you from crossing it. Like, of course you're going to. And when I think back to even like junior school, like the peak of my social media back then was MSN. And I think, I think the smartphone didn't come out until I was like in year eight or nine, I think. But yeah, so MSN was like the peak of our social media and I was so hooked to it. And like, don't lie to me, we all had secret code words for when our parents were around or watching over so we knew when we had to keep the chat clean. Like, we thought we were so mature, so clever, but looking back, that's actually really fucking scary. Minutes after accepting Luke's friend request, Kaylee received a message from him saying, Hey. Kaylee responded with, Hi, who are you? Luke then went on to say that they had a lot of mutual friends and that he thought that she looked very beautiful. Which, obviously, in a man's world, means he has the right to speak to you and say whatever he fucking wants. But immediately, we can see where this is heading. At 15 years old, if someone calls you beautiful, immediately, you know, you're hooked to this conversation. Like, already, this is grooming. The pair began messaging back and forth all day, and the messages got very flirty. Luke would shower Kaylee with compliments, which is a classic grooming technique, because, hello, (laughs) of course, she's going to be like, yeah, Like, that makes me feel really good about myself when I talk to him, so let me go talk to him again. Like, a lot of teenagers have really, really low self-esteem issues, so obviously the second someone gives them what they cannot give themselves, they're going to be enamoured with it. Pretty early on into their conversation, Luke asked how old she was. Kaylee decided to lie about her age in an attempt to probably impress him, slash probably keep the conversation going. Kaylee told Luke that she was 19, despite only being 15 years old at the time. Luke was also lying about his age and claimed he was 26, not 27, making this age gap legal. 
in their eyes. And I want to make it clear from the off that this is not Kaylee's fault at all. Like, it was quite obvious that she was a lot younger than 19 by her pictures. And I'm certain, absolutely certain, that Luke would have seen that, like, without a shadow of a doubt. And secondly, Luke is the adult in this situation, and he should know better than to message children. So even if he didn't know what he was doing, which I fully believe he did, he should be able to know the difference between a 19 year old and a 15 year old like it's not hard (laughs) Luke made his intentions very clear with Kaylee within hours of first talking Luke was hinting of meeting with her and within days they had made plans where Luke offered to give her a movie night at his place order a pizza and get snacks and just chill together and of course this was really exciting for Kaylee and she agreed Luke started suggesting he brings alcohol to their date and of course once again This excited Kaylee. And I don't know a 15-year-old that would not jump at the opportunity to have a drink with an older guy who fancied them. Like, I'm sure I would have been flattered and, like, being really giddy by it. So I just... I can't... I can't blame her. Like, anyone who even remotely thinks that she should have known better. No, she's a child. Like, fuck's sake. So they set a date for November the 13th, 2015, just two weeks after their initial messages. Kaylee told her mum, Stephanie, that she was staying at a friend's house that night. So, as far as they knew, she was completely safe. Her parents dropped her off to the local leisure centre car park on Friday, where Kaylee had told her parents she was meeting her friend there to go swimming before going back to her friend's house. Kaylee stayed posting online the whole time, so nothing seemed amiss to her friends or parents. On the Saturday, Kaylee phoned home to ask if she could stay another night. Kaylee's mother said yes, of course. And why wouldn't she? Her daughter is 15 and seemingly having fun at her friend's house, a friend who her mother knew and trusted. So her mother fully believed that she was safe. The following day on the Sunday, a builder was working on a house near Luke's where he found a broken iPhone on the floor. The builder picked it up and called the last number that was called on the phone in hopes to find the owner. Here is where one of Kaylee's friends picked up. Not just any of Kaylee's friends, but the one friend that Kaylee claimed she was staying with. Once this friend received the call from the builder stating he found Kaylee's phone, the friend immediately thought this was weird, so decided to phone Kaylee's mum, Stephanie. This friend states Kaylee had not been with her at all that weekend and she hadn't seen her since school on Friday. Understandably, Stephanie starts panicking. Her daughter had been with, well anyone she literally didn't know who her daughter with so potentially a stranger and the fact that she'd lied about it didn't make her feel any better at all and now her phone was found broken a couple of towns away immediately stephanie hangs up the phone from the friend and calls the police to report her daughter missing police arrive at their home straight away and seized kaylee's laptop immediately for access to her social media they decided the best place to look was her private messages because Well, she's 15. (laughs) Teenagers tell their friends more than their parents. Like, it makes perfect sense to start there. And here is where they discover the messages between Kaylee and the much older Luke Harlow. Including a message from Luke saying, Can I kidnap you forever? And within hours of finding these messages, the police arrive at Luke's place. Luke let them in and admitted that Kaylee did stay there on Friday night, but stated that she left there on Saturday evening. The police found no evidence that Kaylee was still at Luke's, however, a lot of her stuff, including a bag with some of her clothes in, was still there. 
so they bring him in for questioning. It's here that Luke claims that on Saturday afternoon he had his neighbour named Stephen Beedman over to meet Kaylee, and that they were hanging out the three of them, until Stephen and Kaylee decided to go on a walk just the two of them later on, when they never returned. So Luke simply just went to bed, knowing that they could let themselves back in whenever they got back. Just, like... (laughs) Are we going to even pretend to buy that for, like, a single second? Like, why are you letting your neighbour slash friend who has... who is an adult... Why are you letting him take a 15-year-old girl that he's never met before on a walk out at night? I don't understand. Luke is asked by the police how he first connected with Kaylee on Facebook. He claimed he couldn't remember who initiated all the conversation, that it was just common to have strangers on Facebook. He claimed their conversation was just regular friendly chat. And of course, as we know, that is not the case. And police knew this too. In fact, they had read all over the messages and at this point they were trying to catch Luke out to see whether or not he would admit anything. In fact, throughout their chat, they can see that yes, Kaylee did initially lie about her age, but she does come clean about it quite early on. And to a sane person, the second you find out you've been messaging a child, you would end all communication, right? But with Luke, that only spurred him on, and the conversation got more and more sexually explicit. Police begin comparing the messages between Luke's phone and Kaylee's phone, and it was clear to them that Luke had deleted a lot of the messages between them, whereas Kaylee had kept them all. From this, they can see that after 9pm, Kaylee stopped being active on social media. So they know that 9pm is the kind of a time that they need to be looking for. Meanwhile, neighbour slash friend of Luke Harlow, Stephen Biedman, is brought in for questioning. Here is where the differences begin to take place. Stephen claims that Luke asked him over to bring some mixes because, and I quote, I have a bird round and we're getting trashed. Stephen claimed he was at Luke's house for a matter of hours and then decided to leave and go home because the pair were so drunk they were unable to string some sentences together. I just, I just don't know how either of them think any of this makes it look okay. Like, oh yeah, I met this 15-year-old girl and she was absolutely wasted with my mate, who, was, who I know is 27, so I just left them. Like, at what point is that remotely making you in the clear, even if you had nothing to do with her murder? Police began searching the local area around Luke's house. It wasn't long before they found a piece of evidence. In a local park less than a mile from Luke's house, they found a bra in a bush. Stephanie confirmed this bra belonged to her daughter. This escalated the search as it clearly indicated that something very, very bad had happened. It came to light that Stephen rented a storage locker in the area, so police went to search there in hopes for any clues, or even to find Kaylee. Police could see that Stephen had been to his storage locker at 2pm the following Sunday after Kaylee went missing, which would cause suspicion, yet they found nothing incriminating within the locker. Everything that was neat and tidy, there were no signs of weapons or Kaylee's belongings inside the locker. However, by this storage locker entrance, there was a skip for clients to use as and when they leave. Pretty normal practice for a storage locker company. But in this skip, they found women's clothing and a handbag that was identified by Stephanie to be Kaylee's. It was becoming more and more painfully obvious to the police that they weren't going to find Kaylee alive. Suspicions raised around Stephen's involvement, so they began searching his common areas, such as his workplace. I couldn't find a clear answer on this, on what Stephen did for work exactly, but I know that he worked outside, so probably some sort of building or construction work. 
Anyway, police go to this place of work where they find an unlit bonfire, piles upon piles of wood and paper ready to be burnt. Obviously, this looks extremely suspicious, so police dismantle it in hopes to find evidence that they may have been planning to burn, which they did. In the middle of this bonfire, they found a bin bag full of clothes that were covered in blood. This blood was sent to the labs, and it didn't take long for this blood to be identified as Kaylee's. And with that, Luke and Stephen were both arrested with suspicion of murder. Police began interviewing potential witnesses, including the neighbours of Luke and Stephen. Multiple neighbours reported hearing screams and shouting throughout the night, but it stopped, so they simply assumed it was a domestic argument that had been resolved. One neighbour even stated they saw a couple outside late at night where a woman was pushed to the floor before a man helped her up and walked off holding her hand. This witness account essentially proves or at least indicates that only one man was outside with Kaylee, just as Luke had said in his initial interview, where he stated that Stephen took Kaylee for a walk whilst he stayed inside. During the second interview, Stephen started revealing some more truths. He said he had been with Kaylee that night. In fact, he'd even gone for a walk with her. He agreed that Luke stayed behind while it was just the two of them walking. And he even stated that he did raise his voice at her because he was getting annoyed at her drunkenly falling over all the time and being slow at walking. All of which ties in with the neighbours' reports of domestic shouting outside. So, at this point, he's revealed that he lied before. And obviously the police do not trust a single word that is coming out of his mouth. They begin applying pressure upon pressure on him. And it didn't take long for him to crack. Stephen then admitted to raping and murdering Cody Hayward. He said he left her body in a field near the woods and told police where to find her. Police gathered a search team together and after a few hours they found her body. She was found completely curled up and naked by one sock. She was covered in injuries all over, specifically to the head, and she had dried blood matted into her hair. Her arms and hands were covered in defence wounds, proving that Kaylee put up a fight for her life. Stephen never admits to what exactly he did to Kaylee, how he killed her, or what he killed her with, so police are left to piece it together along with forensic evidence. But what they can piece together is that she was bludgeoned to death with some sort of blunt instrument. Upon this arrest of Stephen, police seize his computer where they uncover hundreds of violent images of children being raped and sexually assaulted. And I'm making a very conscious decision there not to say child pornography, as I really think we need to fucking abolish that term at all costs, because by naming it that, it's almost creating a category as, you know, a category that some some people might like, and that's wrong, and we need to say it for what it is, which is rape against children and violence against children is... It's not a category that some people can like, it's just not acceptable. Luke continued to stand his ground with the police and promised that he was asleep whilst the pair went on their walk. Police did believe that Stephen was solely responsible for the murder, however they're not buying that Luke didn't know as little as he was saying he did. The police believe the pair both sexually assaulted Kaylee in Luke's home and that both Luke and Stephen played a big part in that, where then Stephen took Kaylee out for a walk and she never returned. Stephen Beeman was charged with the rape and murder of 15-year-old Kaylee Hayward. Luke Harlow, on the other hand, was charged with grooming and sexual activity with a child. During trial, the pair represented very differently. 
Stephen showed remorse throughout the whole case, whereas Luke played the victim and acted very traumatised by Stephen's actions. Like... (laughs) Hun. (laughs) Poor you. Poor, poor you. That must have been so... A child is dead, for fuck's sake. Like, nobody cares whether you are traumatised by it. It is your fucking fault. Think of that child and her family. Like, do people actually think about how things come across i don't i don't understand the jury were thankfully having absolutely none of it and found the pair both guilty luke was sentenced to 12 years in prison for sexually grooming a child and sexual misconduct and it turns out he had sexually groomed online two other girls stephen on the other hand was sentenced to life in prison for the murder and rape of kaylee hayward Kaylee's family have dedicated their loss to educating people and families on the dangers of children using social media. They've made a short film called Kaylee's Love Story, which I will link in the episode description, so please go check that out. Like, hats off to them for doing this. It basically goes through Kaylee's last days alive from the moment that she got that friend request and just raises awareness of, like, online grooming with children and what it looks like. I can't imagine the pain that they went through but to turn it into something that educates and helps people like this is absolutely incredible. So please go give them some of your time. Like, I think it's only like five minutes long. So please go check that out. I think the important thing to remember here is that Kaylee was a child. (laughs) Teenagers are very impressionable and they think they know what is right and wrong and what is love and what isn't. None of this at all was Kaylee's fault in the slightest. Whether she had told Luke she was 15 from the beginning, it still would have ended this way. And, like, think about it. When you when you were 15, if someone older messaged you and was offering you the world, giving you compliments, off, like, offering you adult dates with alcohol and just treating you like an adult, how you wanted to be treated, you would have taken it. Unless you were hyper aware of catfishes online or online grooming, you absolutely would have been swept under it all. And, you know, it's so important to remember that this could be any child on the internet. Any child of any age. And it's it's a really crazy, scary world that we live in. So we need to be hyper vigilant to stuff like this and make it safer for not only everyone, but for children who are unable to make it safer for themselves. And there we have it, guys. That is the tragic case of Kaylee Hayward. It's a really scary thought about how common this is. It's... Yeah, so any parents out there listening, any teachers, just go educate. Educate yourselves and then educate the children. And well done for making it this far, guys. Please do go check out the short film for Kaylee's family. Made, like, it's... I actually think it's shown in schools now to raise awareness, so, yeah, big hats off to them. For this week's random lore, I didn't really know what country to pick, so I just randomly picked India, because why not? Me and Monty have been, like, idealising where we both want to travel once we're allowed, and we both agreed India is somewhere we're dying to go. So, another pointless fact for you guys, but there we have it. (laughs) We move. Number one. Adultery is illegal, but only the man will be penalised for the crime. Yep. Apparently adultery is a deliberate consensual associate that punishes a man alone for adultery. So essentially, if a man knowingly has sex with a married woman, he's to blame. And I'm, I'm not going to comment on that one because I don't want to start World War Three. <laughs> Number two. 
Prostitution is legal in most states of India. However, pimping out women is very much illegal and you will go to jail for it. So does that mean it's just independent sex workers? Because I am, I am here for that. Yes. Number three, marital rape is legal. Yeah, I couldn't not include that one when doing these laws. Like, it's very real and very common all around the world. It's not just India, so... Number four, attempted suicide is illegal. And it literally says it's not illegal to kill yourself in India. But if you try and you don't succeed in your attempt, yeah, you're punished for it. And I, I just... Um... <laughs> I don't know what to say like I don't know what the punishment is and I think I want to know what the punishment is like how you can punish that I don't, I don't know and number five finally all offensive and provocative images from social media sites were banned to curb rape I cannot sigh big enough guys like I don't how do I give a bigger sigh how about teach people, mostly men, not to fucking rape rather than censor people from posting images of themselves which can be sexual without being sexualized? <sighs> I just, I can't, I can't. God, researching the, like, is it safe to visit India? I don't know. I did, I, have I changed my mind? Probably not. I, I just, yeah. I Interestingly, I saw a TikTok, oh God, Yes, I'm on TikTok, shamefully so. But I saw a TikTok the other day where a queer woman was researching which countries she could visit with her girlfriend safely. And the results? Yeah, there weren't many guys. Like, I know in the past when going on holidays with ex-girlfriends, like, I've had to research laws and just general society views on sexuality before going so that we knew how to avoid confrontation and just general danger, which is fucking miserable. But yeah... Next time you're booking a holiday, which might not be that far away now, hopefully, think about people who aren't as able to travel as freely as you are. Anyway, I'm going to stop being politically woke, as the children like to say nowadays, and let you get on with your weekend. So thank you so much for all the love that's still coming in, guys. It means a lot. It really does. As always, you can support me if you are in a position to do so by clicking the support this podcast button in the description of my podcast. Or you can support me for free by sharing and following me on Crime Note the Pod on Instagram to keep up to date with me. And I know today's episode was a little bit shorter, but I'm feeling rough. You can hear it in my voice. And yeah, I'm really struggling to not be out of breath this week. Um, so yeah, deal with that. You did have a very long episode last week, to be fair. So <laughs> I hope you guys have a great week and I will catch up with you next time. Bye. Don't be afraid. Come with me.